They give up serving the Lord so easy. Somebody can sneeze and and uh, I can't go to church today. I'm sick. Or it'll be something. They use some excuse for not serving the Lord. And I got. I studied this some years ago. I think I preached on it before. But what I'd like to show you, if you would please, Ezekiel 33, verse 23. Verse 23. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man. They that inhabit those wastes of the land of Israel speak, saying, Abraham was one, and he inherited the land. But we are many. The land is given us for an inheritance. Wherefore say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Ye eat with the blood, and lift up your eyes toward your idols, and shed blood, and shall you, and shall you possess the land? You stand upon your sword, you work abomination, and you defile every one his neighbor's wife, and shall be and shall you possess the land? Say thou thus unto them, thus saith the Lord God, as I live, surely they that are in the waste shall fall by the sword, and him that is in open field will I give to the beasts of the devour, and they that be in the forts and in the cave shall die of the pestilence. For I will lay the land most desolate, and the pomp of her strength shall cease, and the mountains of Israel shall be desolate, that none shall pass through. Then shall they know that I am the Lord, when I have laid the land most desolate because of all their abominations which they have committed. Also, Thou son of man, the children of thy people, still are talking against thee by the walls and the doors of the houses, and speak one to another, every one is to his brother, saying, Come, I pray you, and hear what is the word that cometh from the Lord. And they came unto thee as the people cometh, and they sit before thee as my people, and they shall hear thy words, but they will not do them. For with their mouth they show much love, but their heart goeth after their curses. And lo, there art with them as a very lowly song of one that hath a pleasant voice, and can play well on instrument. For they hear thy words, but they do them not. And when this cometh to pass, lo, it will come. Then shall they know that a prophet has been among them. Heavenly Father, we pray in the next few moments now that you'll let the Holy Spirit speak through us. We need encouraging. We need to go forth in serving you. Bless us, we pray now in Jesus' name. Amen. Acts 26 verse 5 says, Which knew me from the beginning, if they would testify that after the most strict sect of our religion, I live a Pharisee. Paul said, anyone who ever knew me knew I was a very religious person, even a Pharisee or a Bible student. But Paul was lost in his sin and in his religion. Now, Ezekiel 33, especially verse 31 and verse 32, and they Come unto thee as the people cometh, and they sit before thee as the, my people, 
and they hear thy words, but they will not do them. For with thy mouth they show much love, but their heart goeth after their curses. And lo, thou art unto them as a very lowly song of one that has a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument. For they hear thy words, but they do them not. Now, the world is full of religion. It's what I want to talk to you about today. Religion is a bigger tool to uh, prevent people from going to heaven than any other tool the devil can use. Man is basically, and you got to remember this, man is basically a religious person, a creature. Man is going to worship something or somebody. God put it in us. For instance, the Hindus has their Shasta. He worshiped cows and rivers and all kinds of creatures. I was watching a, a natural thing, a nature thing yesterday, and, and uh, I guess it was in India. I can't remember what country it was in, but they had a bunch of monkeys. And they, they, the monkeys come and sit there and wait, and the people come by and hand them a banana, hand them, and they said, that's their ancestors, that's their gods. And they worship monkeys, of all things. And what I'm saying is that people's going to worship something. And uh, you can go through, you can study all of the religions in the world and different religions have something that they are going to worship. Religion is broken down into hundreds of denominations. And people come to me all the time or call me a great deal and ask me, Preacher, which denomination or which religion is the right one? And uh, you have the Jews, you have Catholics, you have Greeks, Orthodox, you have Lutherans, Episcopalians, Presbyterians, Church of God, Church of Christ, Nazarene, United, Apostles, Reformed, the Gay Church, the Church of Satan, and dozens of Baptists on top of all that. And everybody wants to know which one is right. Now, I want to say something to you. Ours is not a religion. Ours is Christ Jesus. Somebody comes up to me and says, What religion you are? I said, I ain't no religion. I worship the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Now, Ezekiel said, For with their mouth they show much love, but their heart goeth after covenants. They hear thy words, but they they don't do them. Titus 1 verse 16. They profess that they know God, but in words they deny Him. In 2 Timothy 3 verse 5. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Matthew 6 verse 5. Jesus told of those who love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corner of the streets that they may be seen of men. Now, the world wants a religion that will accept them as they are without challenge and without change. A man came to me this past week from a big church, and he's telling me all the problems they have. They brought in a new pastor, and the church went down in number. And he said, here's the reason it went down, preacher. The preacher came in, and remember this. If I die, if I leave this church, and you get after a preacher, always remember something. Any preacher with any salt, any medal can preach three sermons. Now remember that. If he's got any salt at all, he can come in by his knowledge. If he studied at all, he can preach three sermons. And this pastor came in, preached three sermons, and then he preached them again, and then he preached them again, and then he preached them again. 
And uh, some of the deacons got together and came to him and said, Sir, uh, don't you know anything else or don't you study the Word of God? He said, I don't have time for that. That's what he told them, and they fired him. They should have fired him. Amen. Amen. Now, what I'm saying today, that people get uh, itching ears and they won't just, don't challenge me and don't uh, change anything. Uh, let's just keep going as we are. Uh, people want a religion that goes along with what they already believe. A religion that doesn't object to what they do. A religion that will let everybody be brothers and still behave uh, like they want to be. Now, proper religion today is one that does not insist, it does not involve, and it does not interfere, and does not include. Now, you think about that for just a minute. I've had people just uh, over the years come to me and, and they already made up their mind. And why they come to a preacher to find out what the Word of God says, I don't know. But they come to a preacher and they say, Now, preacher, this is what we would like for you to do for us. They already know what I believe before they ever come and they already know what the Bible says about it and they want to get mad with me as a preacher or they want to get mad with the church and I've had people to literally leave the church because I show them in the Bible they're wrong. Don't do that. And they get mad with me and get mad with the church and leave the church because of it. You know why? They want to take the Word of God. They want you as a pastor to take the Word of God and change it to fit the way they live. Don't disturb me. Don't mess with the way I believe and the way I'm living. Now, there's four kinds of proper religions today. Number one, there's a religion that does not insist. A religion that will be popular and cause people to rally around it will be one that does not insist on at least four things. Number one is repentance. Jesus said, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Now, if there's one thing that the Bible insists upon is if you're going to get saved, you go into heaven, you're going to have to repent. That is, you're going to have to change your mind about the way you live. Number two, we insist on regeneration. Jesus said you must be born again. You must be changed. We insist on retribution. Popular religion will not insist on making right the wrongs that people do. Jesus said, leave your gifts at the altar and go get it right with your neighbor. And we know that the Bible says very plainly, get things right with people. And then the fourth thing is retribution. Popular religion will not insist on burning, uh, a burning eternal hell at the end of a sinful life. In other words, if you live like the devil and you live outside of Christ Jesus, there's a payment to come. Amen. And people don't want to hear that. And a lot of people will come to church as long as they're not insistent upon uh, uh, their religion. And then there's number two, religion that does not include. Popular religion does not include Bible without error. Now, just about every church of people that I talk to that's having trouble in the churches, they got two or three Bibles in the church. And, and what woke me up to this years ago, I was in a Bible conference, and there's 4,000 preachers and full-time workers at that meeting. And they was, the Bible conference was on which Bible is right. 
the King James Bible or other Bibles they brought in different versions of the Bible. And did you know what happened? In, and I'm talking about independent, fundamental, Bible-believing Baptist churches. And you know what happened in that meeting? It split right down the middle. There was half that didn't believe the King James Bible was the only Bible, and there was half of them that believed the King James Bible is the only Bible. And there was a, a, almost a fight about it. <laughs> There's other Bibles besides the King James Bible. Here's what I say, and and I, I, I believe it with all my heart. If, and I put the if as a positive if, if this book is the Word of God, I ask everybody one thing. Who has a right to change it then? Nobody. If it's the Word of God, God don't make a mistake. God don't change His mind. And so when it comes to the Bible, uh, what happens that, that churches are having problems today is they got all kinds of religion, all kind of Bibles in it. And Brother Rolf said this one time, and I never will forget it. He said, it used to be that you could say in a church, let's all stand and read in unison together the Word of God out loud. And they could all stand and read in unison together. He said, try it now. He said, everybody's got different versions of the Bible. You stand up and you read a verse of Scripture and somebody will read their version of it. It don't even sound like the same one. don't even say the same thing. And so a, a, a popular religion is one that don't insist that this book is the Word of God. Again, the Bible is not just a manual on religion. It is a manual about one person. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. The blessed hope, our Bible teaches Jesus is coming again. And the blood of atonement is taught. Is you don't get saved without the blood. Now listen to Leviticus 17 verse 11. The life of the flesh is in the blood. First Peter 1 verse 18 and 19. You are not redeemed with a of things of silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. Hebrews 9.22, without shedding of blood is no remission. Popular religion does not include the blood of Christ. And, and I'm serious, you, you watch some of these big churches on TV and they'll talk about everything in the world. They'll preach about everything in the world and leave out the blood. Now let me tell you something. Nobody goes to heaven without the blood. So what's the use? I mean, if we're all going to come together and just talk about everything in the world except the blood, we're not a church. We're not the church of God because the church of God teaches a blood atonement. The third thing, proper religion does not interfere. Proper religion does not interfere with pleasures, customs, habits, jobs, families, or plans. Now, if you could come up with a proper religion... They will let people be, do, go, when and where they want without any interference. You could pack this place. There's a man come to me some time ago and he said, Preacher, i got to take a job on Sunday. I'll be working on Sunday. And um, he said, it's the only way I can take this job. I said, don't take it. Oh, i got to take it because I can't make a living without it. Sure you can. My daddy did. My grandpa did. My forefathers did. Those that come on before us did. They didn't work on Sunday. They made it. Amen. And we can make it also. And proper religion does not interfere 
with what you're doing. You just it just goes along. You can do whatever you want to. Come when you want to. Serve the Lord when you want to. Don't serve the Lord when you want to. Whatever you can do, that's all right. Popular religion does not involve. Religion will be popular if it does not include obligation and responsibility. David said, I will not make sacrifices that which does not cost me anything. I will not make sacrifice of that which does not cost me anything. Now, this is what I'm saying. There is responsibility in true Christianity. Did you know I'm supposed to be true to Christ Jesus? I'm supposed to get involved in the ministry? Whatever it is, if it's being in your seat every time the doors open, if it's playing an instrument, if it's singing in the choir, if it's being an usher, if it's just doing something for the Lord, period. If it's visiting in rest homes, if it's going and seeing the sick and ill, whatever your responsibility God lays on your heart, it's your responsibility to get involved in it. Amen? And a popular religion says, Nah, you don't have to get involved. Let somebody else do it. It'll go on. Now, we're responsible, and listen now, for cleanliness. Real Christianity includes a clean heart, a clean mind, and clean hands. That's our responsibility. Uh, a real responsible Christian has concern. God expects us to be concerned about the welfare of others. It bothers me so bad, and I can't help, I can't get it out of mind. I've tried all week long that Mrs. Geisler died and nobody cares. I mean, it just seems like that nobody cares. I loved her, and I loved her in death, and I loved her in life. And it, it just bothers me that they wouldn't even let me go visit her. And, and they won't have let, let me do anything about it. That bothers me. I'm concerned about it. And when somebody gets sick in our church and our family of the church, it bothers me. I'm concerned about them. I pray for them. If there's one thing that I've practiced since uh, I've been in uh, this COVID thing and I can't go visit people, if somebody calls me and, and says, Preacher, please pray for me. I'm going to a heart. I want to pray right there. I'll pray on the phone with them. I want to be concerned because I am concerned. I'm not just putting on something. I am concerned. And God says we're responsible for that. Our conduct, our behavior is based on what we believe. Hebrews says, The commandments of the Lord are not grievous. Real Christians rejoice in being able to serve, sacrifice, surrender their rights to those taught in the Bible. These proper religions are just that. They're religions of the world, not religions of the Bible or of God. I talked to a couple here just a while back. They said, we don't believe in tithing any longer. Now, let me tell you something. If the church of God don't, the church of people, the people of the church don't tithe, you have no church. Amen? It's just that simple. you got to live. you got to carry on something. And I thank God we're in a stable condition during this pandemic time that we keep right on going. But we plan that over the years. And things happen over the years to take care of us. Amen? But our responsibility is, I don't, isn't it strange to you that that same couple that talked to me all these years now they've been tithing and giving and right on time and doing things for the Lord. And all of a sudden now, uh, because they got out of church, 
and they're not going to church every Sunday, they don't believe in tithing no more. Now listen to me. I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about your responsibility to God and your responsibility to serving the Lord. And we're to surrender our rights uh, to the, what God wants us to do. The greatest need of today is to preach the gospel and the death and burial and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. The death of Jesus on Calvary. The good news is Jesus Christ died. His blood was shed for the sins of the whole world. John 3.16 Now brother, that's true religion. And we got to stand for it. And, and when somebody comes along and tries to change these things, we can't let it happen. Because if you do, and, and it, it, this is the thing that gets me now, It'll go along fine for a while. It's just like that, that I see, maybe it won't happen. I pray to the Lord. I thank God we got a Senate. Amen? But I just see some bad things coming for our people of our government. And I see it coming. But I, I pray every day, Lord, take care of our country. Amen? Now, that's the country. That's the country we live in. All right? But what about worshiping God through it all? You know, I, I was reading this morning where little old David came up and his brothers were fighting against that giant that morning. And I can see David coming in, the little guy coming in and said, what's going on here? He said, that big old giant down here in that valley is challenging God's people. And David said, well, who is he to fight God? And they say, he's a giant. He's bigger than anybody we got to fight him. He's greater than, he's stronger than anybody we got. And David said, is there not a cause? His brother was getting mad at him. He said, isn't, isn't there a cause? And you know, I read that and I said to myself as I was studying the, the Sunday school lesson this morning, you know, I got little grandkids coming up. I am so thankful for my grandboys and my grandkids and my kids around me. But I'm so concerned about them. There's a cause for me to be here every Sunday. There's a cause for me studying the Bible. There's a cause for me preaching. And it's not just the church members here, but it's all my family. It's my little ones. They're coming up behind me. And I read a story some years ago where there's a wagon train crossing the country. And they come to a great canyon. And they had to cross this canyon. And they spent months building a bridge that they could cross. And somebody asked the head master of the wagon train, why are you building this thing so strong? Just build it strong enough for us to get across. He said, I'm not just building it for us. I'm building it for those that's coming behind us. You see, when you when you think about that little illustration, and I've been to some of these great canyons that look across, how'd they get across there? You know, and somebody had to build a bridge to get across there. But thank God they left a bridge that somebody else could come along behind them. And I think about if there's one thing that I want to do in my life, I want to build a bridge for the Lord 
that my kids and their loved ones, and I want some place that still believes in the old-fashioned preaching of the Word of God. And I'm not talking about wearing your clothes to the bottom of your shoes and your hair in a certain way and everybody, uh, when you say old-time religion, that's what they associate it with. They associated it coming in, you know, and and doing things that's not normal as today. No, I believe in modern times. I'm glad I got I got a car instead of a wagon. Amen. I'm glad I got air conditioning instead of you know opening the wind and let the flies come in. I'm glad I live in a time that I live in. But the Bible religion does not change. It goes all the way back to Adam. And when you say old-time religion, I'm talking about the Word of God as a saint. And it doesn't matter if you drive a wagon or if you drive a jet airplane. The Word of God doesn't change to whoever is still here. And I know we're living in strange times to me. I, I was, I've been looking for me a certain kind of rifle, and I called my grandson... And I called two or three that can understand these computers and things and said, can you find me one? And they've, they've looked at where they found me one in Fort Myers. And, but i got to drive all the way down there to get the crazy thing. They won't mail it to you. And they found me another one in some other crazy place way off somewhere. Isn't it strange that they got a little thing now you put a bunch of numbers and things in it and there it comes. And you can order the crazy thing. Hey, did you notice my tie? I got me a Trump tie. I got it on the back of it. It's got the seal of the United States president on it. And I got his signature on the back of it. I ordered it. And my grandson, I, I was talking about it to my grandson one day. I'll get you one, Paul. And he got it. How in the world do you do that? You got to remember something. I come from mule wagon days. Amen. And I look at them boys and I watch them. And, and my little bitty ones. I got one little old boy smart enough whip, and you give him that computer, and he can tell you anything he wants to. But let me tell you something. He's got the same God to worship as my grandpa had. That's right. And he didn't change. God didn't change. And the ways of God does not change. You can wear a pair of overalls or a brand new suit. It's the same God. And it's the same principles when it comes to worshiping God. And I remember when we were back on the farm, and when you're farming, it don't wait on you. You have to keep right on working. You know, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, everything. You know, you just got to keep on. But I remember my grandpa and my daddy and those that loved the Lord, and when it comes to Sunday, they didn't hit a lick. And guess what? Their crops went right on. You know, it was, this is the Lord's day. I remember my great big old grandpa sitting on the front porch. I thought it was a monster house back then. And I went back and it wasn't as big as this platform up here. He had a porch all the way around the thing. He said every Sunday he sat out there at that swing and played dominoes all day Sunday. He did. Everybody work all week like a dog. But buddy, when Sunday came, don't you go out in that field. Because this is the Lord's day. And it's too bad that we've come up with religions today. Oh, you ought to come to church. You worship the Lord out on the beach. You worship the Lord anywhere. That's not what God said. 
forsake not the assembling themselves together in the house of the Lord. Let's see you find that on the beach. Amen. I'm glad I'm saved today, and I want to serve the 